0: Banger Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at wwwworldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk.:
1: Thank you, Victor, Well, it's a real privilege to be here uh, this evening at the Bangor Worldwide Convention. Let me give my thanks to the convention Committee. And it's been a real joy the last two nights to hear what God is doing around the world as the Lord Jesus continues to build his church. The psalmist said, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be all the glory. And so it's all of God, isn't it, from beginning to end. And we give him all the thanks and praise. let me introduce my, my, myself and my family briefly. Um, I'm from Dublin, in case you haven't guessed that by my accent. Um, and uh, I've noticed there's one small little tricolor here actually just around the side of the pulpit. Um, that's, that's probably the best you could hope for in Bangor. Um, uh, so uh, here we are. Now, I'm not sure PowerPoint. Yeah, okay, it'll come. Um, my wife, Karen, is from East Belfast, so I'm not all bad. Um, and when I started in Baptist Missions, first people would ask me, what part of East Belfast did your wife come from? Uh, or what school did she go to? Because her name is Karen. and um, That didn't quite give it away. But we signed our own Anglo-Irish Agreement in 1992. Uh, there wasn't so, so much a fall about that as there was about another one. And we have four children, uh, ranging in age from 22 down to 11. Um, if the photograph of my... Sun was coming up, but and obviously we're not getting the PowerPoint. But on my uh, third child, who's 17, is actually the tallest in the family. Um, I don't know whether he had too much Miracle Grow or something. There he is. Um, he's getting his GCSE results on Thursday. Uh, Three years ago, we sent God's call into this role uh, to take on uh, the task of serving Baptist Missions as the missions director. And, you know, in God's grace and goodness, I'm still here, um, but only by his grace and goodness. Um, Baptist Missions, we are the missionary department, if you like, of the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland, uh, and we're seeking to proclaim Christ and plant churches. That's what we're about, making Jesus Christ known, his life, his death, his resurrection, his coming again and his ability to save men and women from every kingdom and tribe and tongue and nation. But we're a relatively small mission. At this present time, the churches in our association have us focused in the lands of France, here in Ireland, north and south, uh, Peru, and in Spain. Now, our focus is on Europe tonight. uh, And in a few moments, I'll have the joy of introducing you to Andrew Elliott, who's one of our serving missionaries in Spain. But I'm going to take just a moment or two uh, to take you to a former European colony, The land of Peru. And as Victor mentioned, we're celebrating 90 years uh, of Baptist missions work in Peru uh, this year. And we have a little gift to give all of you this evening. Now, it's not often that missionary societies give you something. We're generally asking for something, aren't we? But this evening, if you haven't seen a copy or have a copy of this Peru 90 booklet, it's not seeking to extol uh, Irish baptism, what they did in Peru. Ultimately, it's seeking to give glory to God for what God has done down through those 90 years. So if you'd like to take one then, there will be some people in red T-shirts who will be handing them out in the foyer as you leave Uh, please don't go home without one this evening and we are thanking god for those 90 years of his faithfulness uh, to us in the land of peru and tonight and i'm not sure where he is in the audience we have the very reverend trevor morrow speaking at our convention we have the very tanned trevor morrow uh, i think he's here uh, who's home on extended furlough and because christina's wife has not been too well, and you can keep uh, Trevor's wife, Christine, please, in your prayers. She a number of tests and things to go through over the next number of months. Um, but Trevor is here this evening, as far as I know, and he'll be on our stand uh, after uh, our meeting this evening. Um, so please do take one of those booklets on your way out. We're thrilled that we have a number of Peruvian nationals serving with us now in the land of Peru as well as our missionary couples from Ireland and uh, God is continuing to bless and to build his church uh, in that land. Um, do please keep Trevor and Christine in your prayers. Uh, well, the land of Spain that's been in the news so much uh, in recent days and uh, we have two couples in the land of Spain serving uh, with the Federation of Independent Evangelical Churches in Spain, they're seconded uh, to them. Uh, one of our couples is Andrew and Ruth Reed. Andrew is the principal of a school of theology by distance learning, uh, based in Barcelona. And thankfully, they were away in holidays just when that recent atrocity took place. Um, and uh, they weren't involved at all. But do pray for them, as now I'm sure there'll be opportunities to witness to friends and neighbors and people in light of those atrocities that have taken place uh, in Barcelona. One of the things that Ruth Reed does in uh, Barcelona is run a, a club called Casal Kids. And most of the children who attend that club are coming from a Moroccan background, so you know what kind of religious background they're coming from. And not so long ago, a lady walked into their church during the prayer meeting. And this is what she said. She said, I've stopped being a Muslim. I know you people have a book that's different to ours. Is there anybody here who would be willing to explain what's contained in your book? And obviously, it wasn't too difficult to find that. But that doesn't happen all the time. But that happened in a real answer to prayer. And God is building his church. The Lord Jesus breaking into people's lives and he is building his church. It gives me great pleasure this evening, though, to introduce you to Andrew Elliott. Many of you know Andrew. His wife, Rosalia, is here this evening as well. Uh, They served with with OM, Operation Matrimony, uh, in Spain and North Africa in years gone by. And I'm just going to ask Andrew a couple of questions to find a little bit more about him and what life is like in Agatheras, where they serve Well, Andrew, first of all, uh, thank you so much for coming to the convention this evening. Um, Tell us why are you here in Northern Ireland? Well, I'm
0: here. Uh, Four days ago, I was on holiday in France, sunning myself beside a nice uh, beach uh, and a lake, and I get a WhatsApp from Mervyn, and he says, Andrew, it's not fair that you're over there suffering under that heat. Come back and share a Northern Ireland summer with us. So I jumped in my car, drove back home, got a plane, arrived last night, and here we are. I said, it's not all false. Uh, We were planning to be over here. And uh, we actually came over uh, this weekend with my family. My uh, elder daughter will be starting uh, to study A-levels uh, from next week in Dungannon. Uh, Rebecca has had her struggles, had her ups and downs over the past uh, three or four years. Uh, eventually went to a British school to do IGCSE, so she's already got her results. Uh, thankfully passed everything, and she's coming over uh, to study. So it's a new phase for us as a family, lots of changes. Um, and it's perhaps just a reminder, I, I often, in, particularly in recent years through all we've gone through as we've gone around uh, Baptist churches here in Ireland, uh, always remind people when you pray for missions work, pray for families. It's, it, it's not always easy. Um, and there's many blessings, I believe, for missionary children. Uh, but there are struggles as well, and we've experienced that with Rebecca. Uh, but praise God, we can testify to His faithfulness every step of the way. So we're really coming over just to get her settled here.
1: Okay. And Andrew, there can be family pressures of different kinds for missionaries. We mentioned Rosalia is from Brazil. Um, she was back in Rio in June visiting her elderly father. And Tell me a little bit about that and the pressure of, of caring, if you like, for a dad, but from a distance.
0: Yeah, well, we've probably had the recent years from both sides with elderly parents, uh, particularly Rosalia. Uh, she comes from a, a really a small town in the in, more interior of the state of Rio de Janeiro. Most of you will know the city. She comes from a fairly small place. And uh, for her dad, he's now elderly. Um, There are not the resources that we have uh, in Britain. Uh, We sometimes forget how blessed we are in this country. And if you have a habit of complaining about the National Health Service, I'm sure there's always areas that can improve. Be grateful that we have one. And so Rosalia's had the challenge, particularly of her dad, not getting that help and how to help from a distance. So she went over just for a few weeks to be with him. Uh, She says, one of Rosalia's aunts is helping to look after him. Uh, And yeah, so that's a challenge as well. Um, Just a little anecdote, and this is completely off script, so I hope we're okay for time. Uh, I grew up in the town of Antrim. Now, have you all heard of Antrim? Everybody here know where Antrim is, right? Uh, If you're from there, you probably have the experience when you go overseas and tell people you're from Antrim, nobody's ever heard of it. I mean, most people in England have never heard of it. Um, The first time I met Rosalia uh, at an OM conference, I told her I was from Antrim, and she said, I I had a friend from Antrim. And I looked at her, and I I first of all thought, Lord, this must be a sign. Um,
1: I would have taken any sign, to be honest, but anyway. Let's not um, wander too far off the script, Andrew. Let's keep going.
0: Okay, okay, we're (laughs) back on track, back on track. So she's from this little town in the middle of Brazil, not in the middle, but in Rio. How on earth does she know something from Antrim? And it turns out that the first foreigner she knew was a missionary from 1st Antrim Presbyterian. And I tell that uh, because I think, as we think about mission work, I was, I was thinking about this today. I thought, you know, the investment in mission is never wasted. And uh, some of you will probably know who I'm talking about. I would be surprised if there wasn't somebody in this room tonight who knew the name of Pamela Craig. She was a missionary from First Antrim who was subsequently killed in Brazil. Uh, she was shot out there. Uh, but a few years ago, when I first met Rosalia, we, t- we, we came over here and managed to meet uh, Uh, Pamela's brother, and just to be able to testify how this lady had influenced so many young people and started to give a missionary vision to others. And I'm not saying that's the only influence, but partly because of this investment in mission years ago of sending missionaries to Brazil, now a Brazilian missionary is
1: serving the Lord in Spain. I think that's special, apart from the personal blessing. (laughs) Now, Andrew, Spain reeling from recent events in Barcelona. um, but how is the gospel? Is it growing in Spain? Uh, are there, are there, is, are we seeing blessing? What what's happening in Spain?
0: If you look at the statistics, um, depending on how you want to focus it, uh, some places will tell you, and it's true, of millions. Uh, one organisation talks about ten million people who live in towns or cities outside of the reach of the gospel. So that means they do not have a church within five kilometres of where they live. I wonder within five kilometers of Hamilton Road, Presbyterian, how many other churches are there within a five-kilometer radius? And yet you have a country that has more people than the whole population of Ireland not even reached by the gospel. So, I think that's, that's incredibly challenging. Victor mentioned earlier that Europe is probably one of the most neglected mission fields. Um, we all know these countries, Spain, Portugal, France, lovely holiday destinations, but there's a tremendously dark spiritual reality. Having said that, the gospel, I believe, is growing, but I think it's, it's almost like still trying to gain a beachhead. It's a battle every step of the way. Um, Spain is a country that is in turmoil on many levels. It's in turmoil politically. Most of you probably know that last year they were almost a whole year without a functioning government. Uh, major problems with regional potential of regional separation, particularly in Catalonia, then the Basque Country, and others may follow tensions within immigrant communities, and particularly the Islamic community. And and what has happened uh, this week has been probably an extreme expression of that. But on a lower level, there is tension there. Uh, Spain continues to struggle economically. But I believe in all of that, the Lord is using all of that to open people's hearts to the gospel. I think so many of the things that Spain and so much of Europe... Uh, The problems that they're facing now is because of years of idolatry, years of following false gods, of turning their back on the true and living God, saying, we want to live without you. And in some ways, I think God says, okay, try, see what happens. And this is what happens. Um, Spain has followed the false god of money, false god of uh, the European Union to solve all their problems, very humanistic. And all these false gods are crumbling, and I believe the Lord is using that to open people's hearts.
1: But it's still, it's still a struggle. Okay. Well, proclaiming Christ and planting churches. Tell us briefly about the town of Medina, Sidonia, and the surrounding towns, and what uh, the church in Renath there and Agathiers are seeking to do in terms of reaching out to those towns. Well, there's no, as far as we know, gospel witness. Yeah.
0: Yep. We, we, we work in the town of Algeciras, which is the main port in the, in the, in the southern part of, of uh, Spain. I call it the Spanish Larn. I hope there's nobody nobody here from Lyon. It's the sort of place nobody goes to. Everybody goes through. You know, gets a boat to go somewhere else. But we've been working there for 10 years. And for about the past three years as a church, we've been seeking to reach out into some of the inland towns. Uh, one a town called Medina Sidonia, which Mervyn mentioned, it's a town of about 14,000 people. Uh, there's no evangelical church there of any shape or form in the town. We have discovered that in the past, there was a small group that met probably about 30 years ago, but that church disappeared for whatever reason. Um, so we're really starting again afresh, seeking to just reach out, to pray into the town, to evangelize. Uh, we're at the stage of really sort of intermittent evangelism, maybe going several times in the summer, two or three times during the year, really praying about how to start an ongoing ministry in that town, maybe some sort of Bible study. But that's part of the, is what I said earlier, you know, getting that beachhead, getting that uh, with limited resources where we are. But trusting that the church, even though it's small, will grow with a missionary vision for looking out and reaching out to the towns round about us. So it's one of several towns just in our province with no gospel witness at all.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew. Uh, And if you want to talk further to Andrew and find any more questions about what's going on in Algothiers and in Spain, then feel free to to talk to him and Rosalia uh, at the stand uh, afterwards. Um, 10 million people outside the reach of the gospel who've probably never heard of the Lord Jesus. I wonder, are there young people here today studying Spanish it seems to be becoming an, a, a more popular subject in school. And maybe God will call you to come and help us to reach that great land of Spain and bring the gospel to people who've maybe never heard it once in their lives. We're thrilled this past year as well to have a young lady called Hannah Maiden, the daughter of one of our missionary couples in the Republic, and serve the Lord for about a nine-month period in Spain alongside Andrew Rosalia. And we hope that in future years we see more younger people going out on those short-term teams uh, to serve the Lord Uh, with the gospel but let me take you to france for a moment or two this evening as well and our link with france is a mission we don't have any missionaries in france at this moment in time but our link with france is through philip and rachel moore uh, who serve the lord in paris philip is the european director with acts 29 but he's also involved in planting churches in the paris area there are members in hamilton road baptist church and so we've linked in with them to keep a link in france when our last remaining missionaries came home a number of years ago but let me give you a little bit of insight into what it's like uh, being a missionary wife you see you've probably a lot of you've heard of philip murray you've heard of acts 29 and philip goes all over europe seeking to encourage church planting but the first time i visited philip and rachel in their home in paris it was a number of months after rachel had, had a miscarriage or sorry had given birth to a stillborn baby and in the course of that conversation i said to rachel rachel have you got a friend your own gender who you could talk to but what you've been through. And this is what Rachel said to me. Rachel said, Mervyn, I thought I had a friend, but I don't. And loneliness was one of the things that came out in that conversation. A year, or less than a year or so later, the Moors joined our Europe retreat with our two Spanish families. And we asked each family to share each day and news from their family and, and so forth. And as Rachel began to share on the Moors morning, she said, none of you know this, apart from Philip and I, but this morning is the first anniversary since we lost baby Dorcas. And I'm so glad we're here in this little retreat, that at home on our own, uh, we've had our, quiet, our own private time this morning together of grief but it's great to be here with other Christian workers. And we just put our arms around them um, collectively, prayerfully, and it was lovely just to have that time together with them. But, you know, when you're praying for missionaries and you're praying for people who are involved in Christian ministry, often we know the husband's name. Pray for their wives. Pray for their children. Pray for the real things that are going on in their hearts and lives. And pray for the land of France. There are millions of people in France tonight. There are 700 towns and suburbs in France where, as far as we know, there is no known Bible-believing church. I'm not saying where there's no Baptist church, but where there's no, as far as we know, people who are speaking and witnessing and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. In my last few moments that I have, let me take you down to the Republic of Ireland for a moment. I just want to mention briefly um, two of our families who are serving there. One is the Tuttleby family in the bottom left of your screen. who have just moved from the town of Nina in Tipperary up to the uh, southern part of Donegal, north, North Leitrim. Uh, Bundor and bally shannon um, that area of the country where again as far as we know there's no vibrant evangelical gospel preaching church and so will you pray for the tuttlebees i'm hoping to visit them tomorrow in Donegal. Will you pray for them as they settle into their new home as their children begin new schools in september and pray that god in his goodness was raised up a light for himself in that area there are 70 towns as we sit here in bangor this evening 70 in the Republic of Ireland, with a population of over 5,000 people, where, as far as we know, there is no evangelical Bible-believing church. Now, the excuse in the past, folks, was the roads were bad or whatever it is. The roads are good now; it's easy to get there. And, folks, can I ask, particularly those who are younger, maybe going into careers, whatever it is you're thinking of doing, why not go and live maybe in a suburb of Dublin? Go and live in a town and um, think about strategy about going and living for the gospel in areas where there's very little gospel work going on. And finally, can I just mention uh, Paul and Kate McFarland? they would be known to some of you. Paul is from Balamuni. Kate is from Zimbabwe. They're serving the Lord in the town of Yall in County Cork. Um, earlier in the year, Kate was diagnosed with melanoma. She's been through three rounds of treatment. She's on a drugs trial uh, program. Uh, would you pray for her that that last round will be effective, that the side effects will be minimalized, and that God in his grace and mercy will put his healing hand upon Kate uh, and bring her through this illness and they can continue to serve him in the Cork area. Um, You know, you see me here at the front, and it's probably true of a lot of mission agencies. Um, but when i'm away visiting the tuttlebees in Donegal tomorrow who answers the phone for baptist missions who deals with creeds that come in well there's the young lady called joanne dunson who does all the work behind the scenes handles all the administration finds my phone i've left it in the office and charges it for me make sure i'm in the right place at the right time uh, pray for people like joanne i give thanks for her this evening and the work that she does it'll be a year or so on the first of september that she took on the role of personal assistant and that uh, she is just fantastic at looking after me and the work of mission and the work of our missionaries if you don't get our prayer news please go onto our website you can find us there at irishbaptistmissions.org we don't mind what church you go to we'll accept your prayers we'll accept your gifts Uh, it doesn't matter and uh, if you'd like to follow us on facebook uh, or or, uh, uh, follow us on, on instagram or like us on facebook then you'd be more than welcome thank you again for the privilege of sharing with you this evening proclaiming christ and planting churches that's what we want to be above. Thank you.
0: We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash
1: donate.